smartcast you're listening to a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast welcome to season 2 of our podcast ticks for free in which we discuss all things football i am dhiman and with me is my co-host vivek messi It's been just over a month since the FIFA World Cup came to an end and there are plenty of things for us to discuss with the leagues all over Europe in full flow and interesting developments emerging in Indian football as well. Starting off with the Premier League, We are just past the halfway stage of the season and Arsenal have maintained their intensity and momentum to continue leading the standings. Riman, uh, it's been 19 years since they last won the league. Uh, they seem to have the squad and the confidence to go all the way. Yeah, firstly Vivek, it's good to be back. Uh, the break was good given that we were doing it almost every day during the World Cup, but it's also good to be back and uh, I'm thinking that this is something that Arsenal could be saying uh, as well because you know they 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 are leading the standings now they've reached a half a century of points at the halfway stage uh, I mean if they do it this way they could get to 100 points at the end of the league and that would be a record um they are playing what you know Arsene Wenger would say describe as PlayStation football um uh, even in the times when Arsenal were you know in in Wenger's later years when there was a lot of talk about him outstaying his welcome and stuff they would still do this kind of football they would still play this kind of football in phases and it would it would still get them to be good enough to be top 4 in the league and seal a champions league berth and i think they did it for 19 consecutive seasons under wenger's uh, wenger i mean that is that is an incredible achievement and all this while they were building a new stadium they were building an academy from which uh, bukayo saka and edi nketia among others have graduated so it i am thinking you know it must have been special for him you know for wenger to be in the house after that somewhat acrimonious departure to be back at the emirates for the first time and arsenal lighting it up against uh, west ham you know they they went back they they were trailing and then they scored three goals uh, i mean arteta's team has come very close to matching the invincibles i would think and you know they lost just once in the league and even that they have avenged in 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 some style at the weekend Yeah, uh, they seem to have the end product this season, which perhaps during the latter half of Wenger's era, you could argue that the end product was sometimes okay. missing. Uh, True. They, there was a uh, and the, the consistency, I... if I may, because you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, from the off, uh, Arsenal have maintained a level of consistency, which possibly because of the end product that you mentioned, possibly because of the lack of depth in the squad, they could not, you know, in Wenger's later years, yes. Yeah, the game that uh, Arsenal and Man United played uh, last Sunday at the Emirates was certainly a classic. It seemed to be a throwback to the early 2000s when the two teams dominated the landscape of English football. Uh, Arsenal came back after Marcus Rashford gave United the lead, but more importantly, Arsenal's persistence seemed to pay off as Eddie Nketiah scored a 90th minute winner. Uh, Demand these late goals are what we routinely see from champion teams, so uh, these are good signs from Arsenal's uh, from Arsenal's perspective. Yeah, I mean. you don't have that term fergy time for nothing uh, yeah. uh, you mentioned champions teams uh, and yes uh, think of all those goals that manchester united would score apart from if you take out those conspiracy theories etc and there are so many of them it is essentially 
a team refusing to give up and that is something that arsenal have been showing in spades this season i mean when rashford scored it was united's first shot on target yeah. and they scored arsenal were dominating the game suddenly they are behind the arsenal of your would possibly have panicked would possibly have crumbled but this arsenal team uh, despite this being only the fourth time in all competitions this season that they are letting a goal first from odegaard to every other player the reaction was that you know we can deal with this they exhorted the crowd to get behind them and they knew that you know they, they were playing with the kind of confidence they knew that you know despite this they are the better team they have been the better team and they would ensure that the game is not going to end this way also you know when it, when i talk of the end i mean the way arsenal pinned united in their half for pretty much the last 20 minutes it tells you that they are not satisfied with a draw now these are all signs of a team that has what it takes to be a champion i mean i mean okay this is only halfway through the season a uh, lot of things could go wrong uh, this is the premier league where you know which has the of the top 20 clubs the top the 11 of them belong to this league upsets can happen but having said all that you know arsenal the kind of consistency uh, that arsenal have shown in the first half of the season makes you believe that you know the second half is going to be a lot to look forward to and when you talk about united i mean this is a united that as they keep saying is is ahead of schedule i mean look at the kind of chaos that they had under scholzkar uh, when he was struggling to hold on to his job and then they looked lost under ralf rangnick from there to have been able to come to this level to uh, after after the kind of start to the season that they had i think united uh, have done commendably but having said that i would really really not think of them as title contenders yet anything above the top 4 finish would be a bonus i think both arsenal and united are fighting for the title though Uh, one yeah, team they that, are theoretically yeah, yes yes yeah. one team that isn't uh, the season is liverpool uh, they are quite some way off from uh, the top 4 uh, they played out a goalless draw against chelsea last weekend and even though both teams are struggling it seemed like chelsea had more positives to draw from the game they man uh, if you look at liverpool ever since uh, perhaps when firmino sadio mane and mo salah were at their peak that was when liverpool was playing their best football but somehow since then they've not been able to reproduce that kind of form isn't it the new players that have come in have not been able to forge that kind of understanding with sala what do you think is going wrong with liverpool i don't really know i mean it's a combination of things and one okay like chelsea they have been really badly hit by injuries okay now this has happened to them two seasons ago was it two seasons ago when pickford barreled into uh, van dijk and ruled van dijk, him out yeah. for the season yeah, so yeah. yeah so that season they had so many injury problems that the midfielders were playing as defenders it led to a very disappointing season uh, this time too they have had their problems with injuries but unlike chelsea who have a new coach and a lot of new players and who are possibly all trying to get to know each other now and you can understand uh, why they're not clicking as a team liverpool at least are the same kind of personnel i mean they've just they've been very careful with what they buy they've been very careful with their money so i think i think the injuries has been a problem uh, also i think you know the kind of intensity with which they play and have played under klopp over the past few seasons that sort of is taking its toll and the team is looking there i say this team is looking somewhat tired so um you take that 
and then add to the mix the fact that you know the owners have wanted to sell some stakes the sporting director julian ward is about to leave this summer having replaced the phenomenal michael edwards with whom klopp had such a great partnership who was instrumental in getting uh, top players into the team uh, now all that has sort of led to the whole thing looking a little unsettled uh, and you know teams go through these things uh, it happens when you've been there at the top for as long as these teams have so it's a little surprising that uh, darwin nunu hasn't really uh, you know taken off sala by his incredible standards hasn't done well in the league but he's done okay overall in the season if you take his goals in all other competitions including the champions league where i think he scored four goals or three goals against rangers in one game so but the thing is you know with with liverpool or with any football team you know what happens at one end of the park affects the other side as well so i am thinking that sala is possibly not getting deliveries in the right areas possibly because of trent alexander arnold not being able to reproduce the kind of form that we are, we were used to seeing from him mm. uh, you know that could mean that sala has not been as effective and with sadio mane gone nunu is is a different kind of uh, player than than sadio mane so it's it's a lot of things in uh, that put together of course the midfield needs to be recalibrated for want of a better word you need reinforcements there because the midfield is not what it is van dijk is having to make more interceptions and because van dijk is having to make more interceptions the pressure on him is increasing so it's a lot of things i mean i just think that um, given where they are it would be it would take a lot of doing it would take some second half for liverpool to get into champions league contention having said that klopp has been able to do that in the past with liverpool and with dortmund so never rule never rule uh, him or the team out uh, because they have so much quality uh, in 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 the technical staff and on the pitch as far as the champions league is concerned liverpool are certainly not going to have it easy uh, given that real madrid stand in the way uh, carlo ancelotti has said that his team is in transition he had uh, told a news conference recently that and I quote we are going through a period of transition in our first team and everyone needs to understand that it's understanding from the veterans and patience from the youngsters uh, last season this mentality was essential for us to maintain a good atmosphere in the changing room because everyone understood that it was the best thing for the team uh remember but with the depth they have and the experience of winning that competition uh, so many times in recent years uh, you would think that real would be able to get past liverpool when they when they meet next month Yeah I agree with you I agree with you we were completely with the with the usual caveat as we are saying you know you can dismiss a team like Liverpool only to your peril having said that you know it's it's a lot of things that uh, over two games uh, of football between two quality teams uh, but maybe a month ago i would have been a lot more sure that real madrid go into that game as as they would say as odds on favorite but they too like you said you know ancelotti spoken about transition they too have been going through a bit of a churn so that kind of events things but i would agree with you that Real do go into that game as we speak uh, as uh, somewhat favorites and now that you mentioned real i mean do you think they can retain the title or would this be barcelona season for silverware which would make uh, their pulling all those levers uh, selling their uh, future to for a better present would it be this kind of season that makes all of that worth it well uh, real madrid are only 3 points behind and uh, benzema standard show no signs of dipping as he continues to <laughs> score regularly for them 
uh one thing is perhaps neither team neither real nor barca are as strong as they once were but uh, it does seem like the race mm-hmm. for the la liga crown will go down to the wire this season uh so that's going to be interesting to watch talking about barcelona and real uh, this is an ideal segue into bringing up messi and ronaldo who lit up the la liga for barcelona and real madrid respectively for many years of course uh they played an exhibition game in riyadh last week where both players scored in a 5-4 win for psg against uh, Saudi All-Star 11. Uh Diman there seems to be quite a bit of buzz about Messi also moving to Saudi Arabia and the prospect of uh both stars being in the same league again. Uh what do you make of that? You know the more such speculations happen the better it is for Saudi Arabia's football the Saudi Pro League because it just gets attention traction all over the world. I mean how many people would have been following uh, the Saudi Pro League before this happened so before Ronaldo went and how many people would be following now now just imagine you know this this entire Uh, from now to summer if you have these conversations coming up at periodic intervals about messi not sure about renewing his contract etc it is just going to mean more publicity for the saudi pro league and 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 football in saudi arabia which is exactly what the country and its football officials want so having said that you know messi messi is an ambassador for saudi arabia so so what's not to say that that it won't happen you know them playing in the same league and this is pure speculation uh, i think that you know if psg win the champions league because that's been their holy grail that's been their neverland uh, like manchester city messi could leave but if psg again stumble they could create a situation like they did with mbappe and keep messi you know make him an offer as 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 it was said in the godfather you know make him an offer that he cannot refuse so i'm kind of curious to see how the next few months pan out how psg do in the champions league and i am thinking that that could have a bearing on messi's future and whether he and ronaldo play in the same league you know it's it's really kind of bizarre that you know not too long ago saudi arabia was part of a blockade that ensured that you know everything qatar was isolated their flight paths had to be uh, were longer all the crucial supplies that would come in from saudi arabia with whom they share a huge border was all stopped uh, pretty much suddenly and it continued for years and now just before the world cup Saudi Arabia opened their borders uh, people going to visit uh, people going to Qatar for the world cup could cross and visit Saudi Arabia without any additional travel documents they could drive down and people from Saudi Arabia came in droves uh, to be part of the world cup and now you have PSG a team owned by Qatar playing in Riyadh so the developments have been hectic it used to be said that uh, a week is a long time in politics but it now seems to be a long time in football too but <laughs> you know what i mean the biggest story in the time that we took a break and the biggest story still happening now for me after the world cup is how napoli are going about the business i mean a serie a win since the time maradona was a player seems likely i'm just wrap your head around that vivek i mean it's just yeah. think that it's been so long Uh, it's been a team that has been looked down upon till maradona dragged it by the bootstraps to take them to a position maurizio sari came really close but they didn't win it but this time it looks like they could and especially after juventus had uh, 15 points deducted from their standings because of bad accounting and then given the fact that you know now ac milan are on a long winless run so mm. napoli look like clear front runners to uh, win the league and and if they can continue that i am guessing that it's going to be a story as big as arsenal winning it uh, in england if not bigger really mm. yeah 
Uh, Napoli do have a 12 point lead as we speak and uh, given the comfort that they have right now they'll have to do something horribly wrong I guess to mess things up. Yeah yeah. Uh, after True. the World Cup, I ended up pre-watching the Netflix documentary on Maradona, and it just highlighted to me <laughs> the incredible passion that people in Naples have for football. So it'll certainly be some story if they they can manage to pull it off. Uh, closer home, Diman, the All India Football Federation came out with a strategic roadmap at the start of January. The roadmap titled Vision 2047 has quite a few targets, including a 500% increase in revenue by 2026 and being among the top 4 teams in asia by 2047 uh some would say that the targets are overly ambitious and we have been down this road before of course what do you make of the roadmap so vivek i'd like to answer this by asking you a question you were there when this was launched what yeah. was your gut feel about the whole thing i mean did it feel like a lot of talk lot of tech driven talk and you know smart presentations or did it feel like uh, you know they were trying to be genuine about it i mean i'm asking you this because you were there and you saw this happen right in front of you uh first of all the presentation was incredibly long it was a, i think 94 <laughs> slide presentation and went on for almost an hour uh you okay. know i think uh, unless unless we see like changes on the ground i guess a bit of pessimism uh, i think is 100%. inherent in the in the minds of indian football fans so i guess we'll have to wait Absolutely. and see So yeah what do, what did you make of it Yeah so I read your report uh, the yeah. day this happened and then I spoke to Shahji tried to get his sense of how they're going to go about it um, Sharda Ogra wrote a very nice column uh, in Hindustan Times talking about this so we've covered this in some detail and you know what I I kind of agree with what Sharda had said you know it's it's honest in so far as listing the problems uh, Yes, we know what the problems are, but you know it's one thing to to have a chaotic idea of what the problems are. You know, just just talking about them, and another thing to list them uh, in some kind of a structure and then try and address them. So it's honest in so far as listing the problems. I think it's also honest in not talking about targets that would seem laughable uh, under previous regimes of the AIFF. And I go back not just to the last regime. I go back to the time of Priyaranjan Das Munshi as well, when we would have these documents saying Mission Sydney or you know. before the 2000 olympics or mission germany before the 2006 world cup and you know it would seem like you know you do this and that and then suddenly you would find yourself in the in the world cup with five or six years of training preparation so it seemed laughable i don't think anybody believed it when it was dished out but it was being dished out regularly yeah. so they don't do all of that that i think is is crucial to acknowledge but you know as as shaji told uh, us in that interview that 500% increase in revenue is something he is very confident about and he says that we've done our internal studies and etc but he's not sharing details yet and he accepts that it is not going to come from broadcasting if it does not come from broadcasting which is the easiest source of revenue for across the world and you understand why it is not going to come from broadcasting because football in this country has not been elevated to a product where people will buy and large where people across the country would want to pay a fair amount of money to watch let's not kid ourselves on that it is what it is they will be it will be popular in pockets it is growing in popularity most of these clubs have zero fan bases so how do you expect this product to be sold so it will take a lot of time for football to in india club football in india to generate serious broadcast revenue uh, so so that is out of the way but he's still confident now i agree with you and i'm skeptical about this as well that you know till such time as that happens 
how do we believe that the rest of it is happening? Because Shaji by his own admission says that if this does not happen, then a lot of the other things that we are talking about, we mm. want to increase games, we want to increase different levels of competition, we want to uh, grow the game, the women's game, all of this will need money. Mm. So if you can't get that money, then all of this falls flat. Then it just becomes a 94 slide presentation that took one hour of your time. Yeah. So so I, I am with you on this. AIFF has come out with a plan. Uh, it looks good. It is being handled by people who are more clued into the game possibly than earlier regimes. But as to how they'll go about it, how it will happen is something that we really don't know. So I would say that the jury is out on that. And I get your skepticism there and I'm with you on that as well. That was it for this episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on our Twitter handles at Vivek9301 and at DemanHT. If you're a true football fan, you cannot not subscribe to Kickoff, our weekly newsletter on the world game which hits inboxes every Friday. For more updates on this podcast, follow HT Smartcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.